This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badweeney. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badweeney, and this is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. Well, the Super Bowl is over, the 2021 NFL season is officially over, and we're now in full off-season mode. A Jets fan, favorite time of year where we don't have to worry about winning and losing. All we got to worry about is getting better, and you can only get better in the off-season. I mean, not in, not always. There's um, always you know specific scenarios, like for example, the Texans trading to De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins a couple of years ago. Uh, you know. Teams like that make stupid moves, but I trust in Joe Douglas. I trust in this front office and this coaching staff to make some right decisions, and I'm really excited to see what they do with all this money, all these draft picks, and all these assets we have to improve this roster and keep building this team. I'm so excited, in fact, that I, I've decided to do the first of the offseason, the New York Jets mock offseason. This is my favorite thing to do. I did one of these last year, and uh, I these things are so much fun. When I was a, when I you know like played Madden religiously, because I don't buy that game every year anymore. I mean that's a, just a burning your money, I would say. But my favorite feature in Madden was always franchise mode because I loved building up the Jets. I loved signing signing players and free agents that I loved. I loved you know going into the draft and signing those you know Madden generated names and whatnot. But this is uh this is like. I don't know. I get really excited about these, and I only did one last year. I'm planning on doing a couple this year because obviously, right now I'm recording this in February, and things change. Like the Jets are going to be going into free agency with a, with a, a, a list of needs they need to fill out, and that's going to impact what they're going to be looking for in the draft. So I'm planning on doing one now before free agency starts. We'll do one after free agency, and I guess that at that point it's really just a mock draft. But regardless, this is one of my favorite things to do. So why don't we hop right into this? And it, this took me a while to plan out because obviously there's a lot of math to do with cap space, and you gotta go on Spot Track. Oh, by the way, real quick thing. So I used the, web, the website Spot Track for uh, deciding market value of free agents and uh, free agents that are on the Jets. We're going to be walking to decide uh, what their contract contract would look like if the Jets were to resign them. Uh, free agents, what their contract would look like as when they hit the open market. And I use the website SpotTrack, like I said earlier, to determine those values. So if you don't don't come at me saying, Charlie, why are you saying this player should make this amount of money? That's stupid. That player's not that good, or he should he should be making more money. Listen, I just use a website. So don't 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 come at me. All right, I'm just uh, I'm just the messenger. All right, starting from the very beginning of the off season, where do the Jets sit with their cap space right now? Well. Right now, we're sitting at 48728000 which is good for fifth most in the league. It's behind like the Dolphins, the Colts, the Bengals. Uh, there's another, another team in there I was looking at a while ago. but So uh, it's good for fifth most in the league, but that is before cuts. So the Jets have a couple players on, on the payroll right now that, me personally, I would have cut them you know, a couple days ago. Actually, there's only three of them, and one of them I struggled with. The other two, it was... Goodbye, sayonara. Have a good, have a good career. But so the two that were easiest to decide on was guard Greg Van Roten. Cutting him saves the Jets three and a half million dollars, and that is three and a half million dollars that could definitely be used elsewhere to bring in some better players. Because Van Roten was not very good this year. I think everyone knows that. And if you've been listening to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast, I was ragging on him all season long. And it's time to say goodbye to GVR. 
aka the human turnstile. Next, tight end Ryan Griffin, cutting him saves $3.2 million. Uh, he's, he's, he was good that first year the Jets brought him in. He, him and Sam Darnold had a nice connection in 2019, but he's, he, he's gotten older, uh, older than he already was, and he's just gotten worse. He can't block. He's a liability when he's running a route, so say goodbye to Ryan Griffin. Thanks for a, one, one good year and, and a mediocre two. Um, and the third player I'm cutting, which was a really difficult decision, but we kind of needed that money down the line, but uh, defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, cutting him saves $5.5 million against the cap this year, and I liked Rankins a lot this year, I did, but he just didn't move the needle enough to warrant bringing him back at the price he, he he's, uh, he's at. I think that money could be used elsewhere, and also the Jets have uh, a couple defensive tackles already on the roster. Uh, Jonathan Marshall, they drafted in the seventh round last year. Um, Jabari Zuniga, who they drafted in 2020 and hasn't been able to get on the field at all. Maybe cutting cutting rankings gives him a chance to you know give him some more reps, give him some more opportunities. So now that that's out of the way, after cuts, the Jets now have $60,928,000, which is now good for second most in the league, only behind the Miami Dolphins, who are sitting at $63 million. And let's move on to the next phase, which is letting walk some free agents, and there's a couple on the Jets that were some really tough decisions. So starting from the most expensive to bring back easily would be safety Marcus May. His market value was about $10 million. Uh, I think that I think that would be like a two-year $20 million deal, $10 mil a year, and Marcus May, he's just, he's, he's really old for, for hitting free agency for his first time. He was an older draft pick when the Jets drafted him in 2017. He's already like 20, 24 years old. So we're going to let him walk, especially with the off-the-field issues he had this year and his injury history. I just think it's bad business to, uh, to bring back May at this point in his career. Let him go try and revive elsewhere. It's, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he's a bad guy or I'm not rooting for him, but just uh, if he wants to revitalize his career, just do it somewhere that's not in New York City. So next, Jamison Crowder is a slot receiver. Uh, who the Jets signed in 2019. He he's he's been been the best offensive Jet for his, almost his whole tenure. And as unfortunately, as much as I would love to bring him back, he just he's 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 one dimensional. He's a one dimensional player. He only plays in the slot, and he can really only do a couple things really well. I think that money could be used elsewhere to you know invest in the wide receiver room with receivers that can do more than just play in the slot. So Crowder. Appreciate your time, but unfortunately, we're going to have to let you walk. His market value was like nine and a half mil a year, and that's just not something I think me or Joe Douglas is willing to pay at this point in time. Next up, this one was really, really hard. So defensive tackle Foley Fatu Kasi, who was a team captain this year, uh, his market value on average, it would be about seven mil a year. And he's it's similar to Crowder. He's just a one-dimensional player. He's a run-stuffing, run-stuffing defensive tackle who can't really get after the quarterback. I really think that money, I feel like I've said this a couple times now already, but that money could be used elsewhere to get players that do more things. What am I trying to say here? Players that are able to contribute on, on multiple facets of the game and not just in one spot, like Foley. Really good at stopping the run. Really great at it. Don't get me wrong. But he's a liability uh, on a passing down. So Foley, we're letting you walk. Really sorry, man. Uh, maybe maybe one of these years when we're contending and you want to come back, take a team-friendly deal, win a ring with your home team. Sounds great. But right now, if you want to get the bag, you got to find it elsewhere. All right, so these next three, 
weren't so hard to, to choose from. Linebacker Gerard Davis was a priority free agent signing for Joe Douglas' last free agency. He was a total dud this year. He got hurt in preseason, came back halfway through the year, and got outplayed by Quincy Williams and rode the bench for most of the season. So that's pretty easy. Uh, let him walk. Keelan Cole, wide receiver. He was decent this year as our wide receiver four, but the second our injuries hit the wide receiver room and he had to step up and be wide receiver one and two, he was, uh, besides that 50-yard touchdown in Buffalo in week 18, didn't, didn't do much. So we're letting him walk. And finally, running back Tevin Coleman, who was, was a good change of pace back uh, this year for my, when, when uh, Michael Carter came out, but just uh, doesn't move the needle enough to warrant bringing him back. So that's who we're letting walk, but who are we re-signing? Who are we begging on our knees? Please, please, guys, come back. Come back to the Jets. We need you. We need you next year. First things first, I think the the priority free agent signing for the Jets, kick returner, punt returner, slash slot wide receiver Braxton Berrios. I gave him a four-year, $23 million, or $690,000 contract. It's, a, it's about 5.9 mil a year annually, so that's 5.9 mil off the cap. Berrios is, he was, he, I, I think, the best returner in football last year. He was named first-team All-Pro. Didn't make the Pro Bowl, which was kind of weird, but I think that's just because, you know, the Jets stigma. People don't want to vote Jets players into the Pro Bowl. Um, but, you know, bringing back Berrios at this contract may seem a little much for a kick, uh, kick returner, punt returner, but we're also bringing him back to be wide receiver four and five because, you know, I just said we let Jameson Crowder and Keelan Cole walk, so it's good to have that depth back, that depth back there. He was, he was playing receiver a decent amount this past season, especially when Crowder was hurt. And he, he was really integral, integral in the offense. If you remember that hook and ladder play that the Jets performed in Miami, that like half the NFL ripped off afterwards, he was a key cog in that. And I think uh, this team really could use a gadget player like Berrios, who's just useful on both offense and special teams, and bringing him back, definitely a priority. So next player, um, Loren Duvernay-Tardif. Brought him back on a one-year $7 million deal. $7 million against the cap. Uh, LDT was a, that mid-season acquisition that the only trade the Jets made during the season this year, and he was integral down the second half of the season. Well, when he was ready to go, because he hadn't played the first half of the season with Kansas City, uh, he immediately replaced Greg Van Roten, and the offensive line took a, took a major step up when he was in the lineup over GVR. And uh, I don't think, I'm not bringing him back expecting him to start, maybe to compete for, his, for uh, that right guard spot, but he's great veteran depth and also a Super Bowl champion. And you always want to have guys like that in your locker room. So LDT bringing you back on a one-year $7 million deal. And the last re-signing, because there wasn't a lot of free agents I wanted to bring back from this Jets team, that's uh, tight end Tyler Croft on a one-year $2 million deal. It's uh, $2 million against the cap. Croft was tight end one going into the season, which was a huge mistake by Joe Douglas in the front office. He, he's he got okay hands. He's an okay blocker. And he, he's, a, he's a solid depth piece at tight end, which is why, you know, it's good to bring him back at this small number. But I'm not bringing him back to be tight end one again. I'm bringing him back as depth. Uh, maybe tight end two, hopefully tight end three. We'll see how the draft and free agency plays out. Yeah, uh, after the re-signing period, we're sitting at $46 million, which is pretty still still pretty solid going into the free agency. But before we start signing players, there's a trade to be made. That's right. I am sending the Jets' 2022 second-round pick, which was 35th overall, and their 2022 fifth-round pick, which is 144th overall, to the Atlanta Falcons for wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Now, 
Ridley is an enigma. In his first couple years in the league, he's put up some monster numbers. He was a second-team All-Pro in 2020. Uh, the, the, and, uh, it, it, and a lot of people were saying, oh, oh, it's because he was playing across from Julio Jones for most of his year. In 2020, in, uh, in 2020 when he had his second-team All-Pro year, he actually played most of the season without Julio Jones. Julio was out most of that year with injury, and Ridley was wide receiver one. So getting Zach Wilson a true number one receiver is integral to his development. I've, I've said this so many times. You saw what happened when Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. You saw what happened when Kyler Murray got DeAndre Hopkins. You saw what Dak Prescott did when he got Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, all his weapons. You see what, what getting what, just an abundance of weapons does for your rookie franchise. Your, your, uh, you see what getting a, an abundance of weapons does for your young quarterback. So I think it's so important, especially in this offseason, to get Zach Wilson as many weapons as he can to set him up to succeed. And the only way to do that is to just go all in with the weapons. So the Jets have an extra second round pick. They have an extra fifth round pick, and a lot of people were saying to me I, uh, that Ridley could cost the uh, the tenth overall pick that the Jets hold. I personally don't think so. I think with the uh, this the, the the last season that Ridley had, where he had to sit out due to some mental health issues, I think that drove his stock down a decent amount. And it's not going to be as expensive as people think it is to acquire this player, especially if he wants out and is forcing Atlanta's hand. So, just to repeat what I said, Jets are sending one of their second round picks, a fifth round pick to the Atlanta Falcons for Calvin Ridley. And the Jets have a new wide receiver one. All right, moving on. Free agency. Now, it's not like Joe Douglas to spend big in free agency. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a, a Madden homer, a Madden franchise mode homer. So I went big, and I wouldn't expect this to happen for the Jets this year to spend big on so many players, but I kind of just lost control and saw some names, and I was like, I need that guy on my New York Jets team. So, easily the biggest contract we handed out. Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson gave him a five-year, $104 million deal. It's about 29.9 against the cap. Five years, uh, spread that out. And J.C. Jackson, easily right now, is probably one of the best ball-hawking corners in the NFL. He has, like, something over 25 picks in the last two years, and I, I just think that that's exactly what the Jets need right now. Their, their corners last year played solid. Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, uh, Michael Carter II all had solid seasons. The problem is they didn't really know how to intercept balls. And that's something that is so huge for, for a, an NFL defense. Creating turnovers is the key to winning games. And just look at the Cowboys defense. They, they weren't incredible, but they forced turnovers. And that won them a lot of games. So I think it's it's so important for the Jets to get one of these ball hawking corners, and it also it also creates some some healthy competition with uh, with the Jets cornerback room. So think about it like this: you got J.C. Jackson starting on one side, and then in training camp you got Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, Isaiah Dunn competing for that cornerback two spot, and it's only going to make all of them better. So uh, J.C. Jackson, I think, is if he does hit the open market, which is not all that likely. The Jets need to throw the bag at this guy. He's still young, he's in the prime of his career, and he's one of the best ball-hawking corners in football. Moving on. Free safety Jesse Bates of the Cincinnati Bengals gave him a five-year, $72 million deal. That's good for about $14.4 million a year against the cap, and Bates, easily one of the best safeties in football. 
still young. This is his first re, uh, free agency. He made play after play in the Bengals' postseason run. You saw him pick off Ryan Tannehill in the divisional round. You saw him pick off Matt Stafford in the Super Bowl. Bates makes plays. He's a leader, great player, and we all know how bad the Jets' safety room is right now. And getting someone like this guy in there would be a huge boost to this defense. Huge boost. And I'm also just a huge Jesse Bates fan, personally. One of my favorite defensive players in all of football. All right, moving on. David Njoku, tight end for the Cleveland Browns, gave him four years, $26 million. That's good for about $6.7 million a year against the cap. Uh, Njoku is one of the most physically gifted tight ends in football. He's really young, and he hasn't really been able to tap that potential yet because right after his rookie season, the Browns signed Austin Hooper from the Falcons, and it didn't really, really make a lot of sense at the time because they had Njoku. I think Njoku is the perfect player to bring in. He's a great blocker. He's got great hands. I remember this year he had that huge game in Los Angeles against the Chargers. He caught like four balls for 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Njoku has the ability to just explode if he's featured in an offense prominently. And I think this offense is really looking for a tight end one. Njoku can fill that role. He's not crazy expensive. Like Dalton Schultz would cost way, way more than Njoku. And Njoku, I think, just has that... I think he's got a lot of potential. And and what the Jets need right now is young offensive potential. And then just bring it all together and let them thrive together. All right, moving on. Uh, San Francisco 49ers defensive tackle DJ Jones... I uh, gave him a two-year, $7 million uh, contract. That's good for $3.5 million annually. And Jones had a pretty solid season in San Fran this year. He's very, very familiar with the Robert Sala San Fran defense. And I think he could step in nicely for Sheldon Rankins' spot because obviously we, we cut Rankins, unfortunately. And th this free agency class, uh, you, you can tell it's it's very defensive-oriented. We're buying the defense. Uh, only, only offensive player I signed was David Njoku, but... I think when you see the draft, you'll understand why I did that. All right, so I know the last podcast was a mock draft, and this is pretty much a mock draft here, but I'm just going to, I'm not going to be going too much into depth of these players. It's really just filling needs out, like I said. Still haven't done a lot of homework on the draft yet. That's for after free agency, but here we go. So, kicking off the draft for the Jets at fourth overall, we've taken offensive tackle Iki Ekwanwu out of NC State. In my opinion, this is the, so like I, 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 just, I know I just said I haven't done a lot of homework on the draft. I, I, I know a lot of the first round players. That's like really where I'm familiar with right now. And Iki Ekwanu is the best offensive tackle prospect in this draft. Uh, I'd be really thrilled if the Jets got him at four. Personally, I would really, I'm really hoping for one of the edge rushers, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson. But odds are both of those guys or one of them is not going to make it to fourth overall. So. We're going to be sitting here, standing pat, no tradebacks yet. But Iki Ikuanu, uh, he, he projects anywhere on the offensive line, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, just not center. And I think going into his rookie season, he can compete with LDT for that right guard spot. And I think he's just, I think he's just a physical specimen. So moving on. At 10th overall, yes, I traded back. I really want the Jets to trade back, and I had them traded back here. I sent the 10th overall pick to the New Orleans Saints for 18th overall and their second-round pick, which is 50th overall. So we, we got back one of those second-round picks, and we have two again. So at 18th overall, 
when I was sitting here, Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC, was still on the board, so I had to take him. I know we just traded for Calvin Ridley, but like I said, the best thing you can do for a young quarterback is just get him a plethora of weapons. Look what it did for Joe Burrow. Look what it did for Kyler Murray. Look what it did for Josh Allen. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've said it so many times. Get him as many weapons as you can. All right, going to the second round. Uh, second second overall. All right, here we go. Um, second round pick, 38th overall. Got defensive end Jermaine Johnson the second out of Florida State. He's one of the better edge rushers that, you, that we can get later on in the early rounds. Obviously, the two premier are Hutchinson and Thibodeau, but they're going in the top five. So we're going to be picking up Jermaine Johnson here at the top of the second. Uh, 12 picks later with that Saints pick we just got, 50th overall, we're taking running back Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan State. Walker is considered the best running back prospect in this draft class, and I think he would make a fantastic one-two punch with Michael Carter, at that running back spot. Now going to the third round, 68th overall, tight end Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Ruckert is probably the second or third best tight end prospect in this draft class, but I think that's only because his numbers were so bad at Ohio State. And the reason why his numbers were bad at Ohio State was because their offensive system does not feature the, uh, does not feature the tight end position very well. But Ruckert was arguably the best uh, blocking tight end in, in this draft class. I think he'd be a great fit for this Jets offense. And I saw a video the other day of him handling uh, George Carl Laftis, who's a first-round uh, edge-rushing prospect out of Purdue. He totally missed, like manhandled him in one of their games they played in this year against Purdue. So Ruckert, I'm a big fan of, and I think... You know, with a little, with like another, with a year in the NFL, he'll be able to develop that route running tree, and he'll become a dual threat tight end that'll be great for this Jets offense going forward. All right, with our two fourth round picks, I took linebacker Troy Anderson out of out of Montana State and guard Dylan Parham out of Memphis. Just some depth at linebacker and offensive line, always a necessity. And with the last pick, with for the Jets, fifth round, 161st overall, just took another cornerback prospect, Cordell Flott out of LSU. Don't know anything about him, but uh, you know that the Jets should just be adding talent to that cornerback room just because. All right, free agency and the draft are done. Let's take a look at the 2022 opening day roster. So, of course, on offense, we got QB1, Zachary Capono Wilson, the GOAT, taking his year two leap, becoming a MVP candidate, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> um, at running back, we got Michael Carter and Kenneth Walker, a nice one-two punch there. Wide receiver one, Calvin Ridley. Wide receiver two is going to be a competition between Corey Davis and Drake London. I think just uh, just you know having those two guys compete for that wide receiver two spot would be beneficial to the both of them. It'll only make both of them you know work harder, compete harder, get better. At slot wide receiver, we got Elijah Moore. Tight end, David Njoku and Jeremy Ruckert. They can compete for the starting spot. Two really talented tight ends, but. You know, Njoku, the vet, might, you know, have the, uh, have the uh, advantage over Ruckert. At left tackle, we got George Fant. Left guard, Elijah Vera Tucker. Center, Connor McGovern. Right guard, Ikem Ikwanu. Iki. <laughs> right tackle, Makai Becton. Uh, you know, that's, a, that's, that's another conversation for itself. You know, that left tackle competition is going to be very juicy going into training camp between Fant and Becton. Uh, going to defense... At the defensive end spots, we've got Carl Lawson and John Franklin Meyer starting with uh, Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff as their reserves. And, you know, Sala loves to rotate in defensive ends in and out. 
At defensive tackle, we got Quinnen Williams and DJ Jones starting with Jonathan Marshall competing with DJ Jones for that starting spot uh, next to Quinnen Williams. Our two linebackers, CJ Mosley and Quincy Williams. Uh, Quincy can compete with the, uh, the the linebacker we drafted out of Wyoming. Cornerback number one, J.C. Jackson, our ball hawk. Cornerback two is a competition between Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles, two guys who showed a lot of promise last year. Slot cornerback Michael Carter II, he was phenomenal last year. At strong safety, another really healthy competition between LaMarcus Joyner and Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis, who I, I'm not a big fan of personally, but give him a chance to compete against LaMarcus Joyner, see what happens. Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm just now realizing I didn't re-sign LaMarcus Joyner. All right, you know, just, 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 just give me this one, okay? I, I put a lot of work into this, so I, I really don't want to go back and do this all again. Just, just give me this one, all right? LaMarcus Joyner was brought back. It happened, I promise, I swear, I swear I did it, okay? I promise. LaMarcus Joyner is back. Okay. So, competing at strong safety, we got LaMarcus Joyner and Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis is uh, going to be a third-year player going into this year, and it's his make-or-break year. If, if he stinks this year, his Jets tenure is probably over. That's why we brought back LaMarcus... <laughs> That's why we brought back LaMarcus Joyner, to have some safety depth behind uh, behind uh, Jesse Bates and Ashton Davis and Elijah Riley. Uh, just having a veteran back there means the world. And of course, at free safety, our shiny new safety, Jesse Bates II. All right, special teams, don't really have to go over that too much. Kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, punter, Braden Mann, long snapper, Thomas Hennessy, and kick returner, punt returner, Braxton Berrios. And that is your 2022 Jets opening day roster after my mock off season. Now, if you ask me, I may be a little biased. This team has been winning the Super Bowl, but uh, I, I really like how this played out. The only position that I think I kind of kind of neglected was was a defensive tackle, interior defensive line. You know, I I got rid of Sheldon Rankins. I I let Foley walk, but uh, you know, I had to invest elsewhere on the defense. Our back end was so bad last year. It was time to overcompensate, you know. That money had to go into the secondary with J.C. Jackson and Jesse Bates. Uh, the offense looks freaking incredible. That wide receiver core arguably could be the best in the league if London if London develops properly. And I think uh, Zach Wilson couldn't be in a better position with two awesome running backs, four or five great receivers, and a pretty solid offensive line with... Uh, which it would be three first round picks on the offensive line if uh, if this plays out the way it does. So if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. I know I haven't been consistent with the uh, the uploading recently, but it's just been tough with school and whatnot. But you don't care about me and my life. You're just here for Jets content. So once again, thank you for watching and go Jets. You've been listening to the Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwin.